to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And Dwayne, on this episode, what are we still reviewing? Still reviewing. <laughs> still reviewing Revenge of the Sith, um, episode three. And apparently it's dangerous if we both like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, we tried to blame it on Sam last time, but yeah, when we both really have strong feelings about a movie, it can, it can get pretty deep in here. But anyway, let's jump right back into it. We left you guys with um, Sam Jackson flying out the window. <laughs> um Palpatine had zapped Mace Windu after... He got his weird monster rubber face on. Anakin uh, behands him. And yeah, uh, uh, Palpatine's face is all melty. And uh, so, uh, go here. Anakin, therefore, pledges himself to Sidious, who dubs him Darth Vader. As the Supreme Chancellor, Palpatine issues an order that causes the clone troopers to betray and kill their commanding Jedi officers. Vader kills the remaining Jedi in the temple, including the child younglings, then travels to the volcanic planet of Mustafar to slaughter the Separatist leaders. Palpatine declares himself Emperor before the Galactic Senate, transforming the Republic into the First Galactic Empire. (laughs) Having survived the chaos, Obi-Wan and Yoda return to Coruscant and learn of Vader's betrayal. And as we said before in the last episode, we're just moving too fast now. Yeah. This movie, I think I, I had made this statement um, off the air, but this movie suffers what I kindly refer to as the Return of the King Syndrome. Mm-hmm. There's just so much that needs to happen yeah. and wrap up after your big climactic battle here. I mean, too much, too much time got wasted in the Phantom Menace and the Attack of the Clones, doing stuff that maybe was fun and, and you know, that Lucas enjoyed, but it didn't do the work of the story that yeah. needed to be done. And too much story was left. Yeah, too much story three. got left laying on the table yeah. to be uh, resolved here. And so you kind of had to play it too fast. Yeah. But uh, so we, we pick up Anakin's torn. He had just killed one of the council members. He's, you know, saved Palpatine. In Palpatine gives him his name, Darth Vader, which you find out in the novelization what it means. Okay. Um, and uh, what's your thoughts on this scene? Um, I like that there was there still seemed to be a lot of reluctance in him. Mm-hmm. It was it was all about Padme, and that he was I mean, he didn't really want to do this, um, and he wasn't really comfortable with it, but. He had to save Padme, yeah. and so he was willing to go through it. I think a lot of people's discomfort with his switch to Vader relied so much on his desire to save Padme. I think people were looking for other things to, to move that along. But now I think that that's uh, one of the, the disparaging things that these movies get. See, is, I, see I, I think a younger me had more had, had a problem with that, but as as I'm an older man now and um, now as I've been married longer and I've um, I've got my own kids yeah you know it's like I, I get it now there's I mean I can see the to temptation. What ends. You, know, yeah. you know what I mean if I was pushed into a corner what links would I go yeah. to to what ends would you get yeah, yeah. and so I, I get it you know you know teenage Jamie may have not gotten it 
But, you know, Jamie, with those same kind of relationships, I get it more now. Yeah, But that's what you're seeing on screen, though, which I think is what makes it kind of hard to, to swallow is that what you're seeing on, on the screen is essentially a teenager, you know, a, a young man who hasn't had, you know, this is his first crush, essentially. Well, if you think about it, too, I mean, family's always been a problem for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have a dad. Yeah. He lost his mom when he was very young. Um, committed genocide to you know to avenger, but um, but family's always been complicated. And Obi Wan wasn't the relationship he needed. I um, mean, this this guy who's leading him to the dark side has been his father figure. I mean, so family for him is this weird kind of quagmire mm-hmm. that's ne- he's never really had the kind of family you know supports he's needed. Yeah, and one of the things that we kind of skipped over is Palpatine confesses to Anakin that he knows. That him and Padme are married yeah. uh, during during I think one of the previous scenes. Yeah, yeah, and so that's another reason that Anakin feels I need to protect this guy, you know. Yeah, but he but he but the, the core of it is he thinks this guy's my only hope. The Jedi mm-hmm. had their secrets; they would make me master to let me find them out. Right. This guy's Padme's only hope. Yeah, he's gonna tell. He, he's gonna spill the beans. Yeah, and so like I like I we disagreed earlier, but when you know he and Yoda were you know having their discussion about attachment. I mean, Yoda was wrong with, you know, all attachment is wrong. Anakin is a little over the top. He's a little extreme with it. Yeah. I mean, there's no evil he won't commit for Padme. Right. And so he's he's too far in the other direction. But I understand the sentiment, you know. His moral compass is just really broken. Yeah, yeah, is 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 the big thing. Um, and then we I have guess you the, commit genocide. We, we have <laughs> <laughs> we have the uh, infamous Order sixty six. I, I, see, I like this scene. I think there's one thing they could have done to make this a little bit easier to take. I think, because in, in Attack of the Clones, they make it very clear. In that movie, that the clones have been conditioned. Mm-hmm. It's never really restated in this movie. It's not clear. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Attack of the Clones in the three years where it was between the releasing, right. it you doesn't make know. a lot of sense. Yeah, you wouldn't know the clone trait. Yeah, like or execute Order sixty six. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what Order sixty seven was. You know, like if you're what... paying like super close attention to Attack of the Clones and you remember yeah. that line about them being conditioned to be more obedient, then it makes sense. But if you weren't paying close attention, or if you haven't seen it since the three years it was there when this came out in theaters, this would have made very yeah. little sense. And while all of this is going on, you have uh, Obi Wan's. Um, encountering and fighting with Grievous on um, Utapal. Yeah. And uh, you see him riding the, the, the dragon lizard and losing his lightsaber at one point. Commander Cody picks it up. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, Obi-Wan dropped his lightsaber. I wonder what's going on up there. Yeah. You know, just kind of clips it back on his belt. And um, just before Order 66 is issued, you see Obi-Wan ride up to him and, and ask for the report and then Cody realizes, oh, you may need this and hands him his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan rides off. He turns around, gets the call, execute order 66. That's, uh, that's another interesting part in the book that, that'll, uh, okay. that'll kind of give you a chuckle. <laughs> but I, before that, I enjoyed a lot. The Obi-Wan Grievous. Oh, the Obi-Wan Grievous fight you know, was, was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, and um, tons I, of fun. I know people have made fun of the forearms with the blade spinning. I just yeah. find that really exciting. I really visualize the fighting style. R- reading about it, I really visualize the fighting style being different than mm-hmm. than him just helicoptering the blades, yeah. you know, in, in a certain pattern. I just feel it to me like really menacing. 
the, yeah. the way he did that. I mean, I, I just, I really. Oh yeah, it. it was. Oh yeah, it was really scary. I would not have wanted to be on the other yeah. end of those blades. Um, but yeah, so you have execute order sixty six, and um, and then we go to Mustafar. Well, you know, uh, or did I skip ahead? One thing that that you want to talk about is you know Anakin. You know the genocide. He kills the the younglings. He he kills all the kids in the temple. And it's kind of weird because he lets the clones kill all the other older Jedi, but he goes himself he goes, to the younglings. Yeah. Now, guys, that's I, an interesting decision. That's an interesting decision. It's a very heartbreaking scene. I mean, I've I've heard you know people say that they cry during the scene and they get kind of teared up or something. I'll tell you one thing that's hilarious. If you ever watched the Robot Chicken, I'm not endorsing these at all. <laughs> Any stretch of the imagination, but if you ever watched the Robot Chicken um, version of that scene, he goes to a place in his mind where he's picking flowers for Padme. And then the flowers start running and screaming. <laughs> and he comes to when he goes to her to her apartment later, he says, I picked you these flowers, and you hear her scream, ah! <laughs> That's a little side note, but that is absolutely hilarious. But I noticed something, and I think it's maybe because <laughs> I recently upgraded my, my TV setup. Mm. I've got a bigger, nicer TV than I've had that I've oh, watched yeah. this on before. Um, and I didn't notice this in the theaters. I noticed this for the first time, that when Anakin goes into that room, he's crying. He's bawling. Yeah, he is torn yeah. all to pieces. Now, I, I'm going to blame yeah. my old TV and not me not uh, paying close enough attention. Yeah. But, yeah, there's tears on his face. You could see. Yeah, you could see that. Uh, as as the higher definition has has happened, yeah. he is not uh, a you know good mind space. Yeah, he is not in a good mind space there. But yes, yeah, so then he goes to Mustafar, and uh, you have Palpatine delivering. Give me some more mass murder. Yeah, he uh, you have Palpatine delivering the line to Newt Gunray, my apprentice will take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound menacing let at me, all. Let me twirl my mustache <laughs> some more. <laughs> He seemed a little less broken up about killing these people than he did the young ones. A bit. A bit. <laughs> a bit. Yeah. See, now see, if, if we were able to take a little more time there, we, we may have been able to see him hardening. Mm-hmm. Rather than it's like five minutes Just later, bam, more mass bam, murder. Bam, and like, yeah. it's, having, it's going too fast, and his emotional development is having to go too fast. Because um, we, we, yeah. we just don't have time. And um, Now, he does visit Padme between... Yeah. The temple and his trip to Mustafar. He does visit her in between and say, you know, I'm making things better. Yeah. I'm, I'm fixing things for us. And I felt like that, that was a really good scene. I mean, I felt like the, the, them too. You're talking about them not having chemistry. That, I felt like that was a good scene between them. That had slightly more chemistry, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm going to tell you something that really drug me out. And I mean drug me out into the cold, rainy back street of that scene was C-3PO. Just his reaction after that. It, you know, he's like, oh, I feel so helpless, you know, <laughs> and just like, oh, God, come on, really? <laughs> C-3PO and R2 are not utilized well through the prequels. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They, even though, you know, Lucas has tried to say that he's telling the story through their eyes, they are not utilized well. I feel like they're just there. It feels like they're just there because they're supposed to be. Like, yeah. There's not really any good story reasons. If there's no good story reasons, but we need to have, yeah. you know, we need to have 3PO and R2 here. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let me go ahead and start part four. 
Um, let's see. Anything here. you wanted to touch on there? Transformer collecting collecting power having survived the now the the declaration of the Republic into the Galactic Empire. Yeah. I know who's going for the sympathy vote later, but man, that was too fast. Yeah, it was too fast. And then, um, I mean, Padme's seeing, you know, this is how democracy dies. Yeah. You know, with applause, you know, thunderous applause. That's that I feel like Lucas was trying to make a little bit. Of yeah, I, I didn't really want to get there. into that, but yeah, some yeah. of Lucas's personal politics yeah. definitely crept into this. Yeah, definitely crept in here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, Obi Wan and Yoda. Uh, returning to Coruscant via Bail Organa mm. and a uh, little bit of uh, the the people walking down the hallway with him. The female with the short red hair is Mon Mothma. Because mm. um, the rest of her scenes get cut. Yeah, the rest of her scenes get cut. That's the only scene she has in this movie. And uh, the gentleman with her is uh, expanded universe fame, uh, Garn Bell Iblis mm. uh, from the Thrawn novels. Um, that's kind of touched upon there, but those those are two of the guys that are on that ship that know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty interesting too, how that kind of ties throughout. But yeah, so let's go ahead now and jump into part number four, Jamie. And you only thought we were moving fast. Let's go to part four. <laughs> Padme goes to Mustafar and implores Vader to t- return to the light side. That ship may have sailed. Vader sees Obi Wan on Padme's ship and, thinking they have conspired to kill him, angrily chokes Padme. Obi-Wan engages Vader in a lightsaber duel, and after gaining the higher ground, warns his former pupil to stand down. When Vader attacks, Obi-Wan severs his legs and arm, leaving him at the bank of a lava flow, severely burned. On Coruscant, Yoda battles Palpatine until their duel reaches a stalemate. Yoda then flees with Bill Organa, while Palpatine, sensing that his apprentice is in danger, travels to Mustafar. Obi-Wan regroups with Yoda on the asteroid Paulus Massa, where Padme gives birth to a boy and girl, whom she names Luke and Leia, respectively, before dying. On Mustafar, Palpatine finds Vader still alive and brings him to Coruscant, where his mutilated body is treated and covered in a black armored suit. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and Yoda conceal the twins from the Sith. Yoda exiles him to the planet Dagobah, exiles himself to the planet Dagobah, while Vader and the Emperor oversee the construction of the Death Star. Bail Organa adopts Leia and takes her to Alderaan. While Obi Wan delivers Luke to his, to his step family, Owen and Beru Lars on Tatooine. Yeah, this really kind of moves along, and and I want to know also what you what you think about after the novelization of the perception of Anakin um, figuring out the different dynamics of relationships mm. here. Uh, that's very it's kind of telling too. That's not touched upon in here, and I think that some of the stuff that was cut actually um but yeah uh so when uh, padme goes to plead her case to to anakin who is now vader um you know they have the confrontation and obi-wan comes from the ship yeah to confront see i felt like that i i I, i've read from i know what our outline says yeah i read it a little differently I felt like he was accusing Obi-Wan and Padme of having an inappropriate relationship. That is what was cut from the movie that's touched upon in the book. Okay. And when he is sensing, initially, when he's sensing the 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 baby, we find out it's babies, mm. um, they don't know that it's twins until they're delivered. Because uh, she's, you know, doing everything in secret. Which seems kind of weird she's with all the technology. She's not got. going to, right, and apparently she's not going to the OBGYN. You know, she's not going to the OB Kenobi. She's not going to the OBGYN. <laughs> um, so, anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Um, she, uh, <laughs> Anakin's feeling different emotions and different things, which you find out is the twins, hmm. you know, going on. And when Obi-Wan comes out, he thinks, oh, you're, you're twisting the knife now. You're coming to betray me. Yeah. And he lashes out against her, chokes her. Which I don't buy. I mean, this guy has just committed more and more mass murder. All so that this old weirdo will, will help me save your life. Mm-hmm. And now, like, and now he's choking going her. to kill her. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't buy that. I mean, yeah. I, just that scene. I just, I, I, I get story wise why they do it, so why that later Palpatine can say you killed it. Yeah, and but then I don't buy him that. and Obi Wan, you know, almost immediately go to throw down. Yeah, you know, they have a, a, a brief exchange. You know, if you're not with me, you're against me. If yeah. you know, uh, you know, what are you doing here? You know, what's going on? And then they go to this epic lightsaber duel. Which is fabulous. Which is fabulous, but I think really goes on too long. I think it ends poorly. I didn't think it went on too long. I, I really enjoyed it. Now, this is there's some more weird CGI here. Like the yeah. when Anakin's surfing on the lava on that floaty that little floaty thing. That looks pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it kind of I think it kind of went on a little bit too long. Okay. Um, which, of course, I mean, you have these two prime yeah. who have fought together for years, trained together. They know each other's every move. And you see them even, you know, force blasting each other at the same time. Yeah. You see the way that Obi-Wan retreats, Anakin attacks, and, and the advancing and the, the taking and the, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a well-choreographed fight. It's intense. I just feel like it goes on probably, and not maybe five minutes, three minutes too long. I mean, not a, mm. it, I wouldn't cut much. Yeah. But yeah, the way that it ends is kind of strange. Yeah. Where, uh, you He's know, flipping for I've, the high ground. I've got the, I've got the high ground. Don't make me do it. Is this a move that you've learned yeah. in lightsaber class? It's, it's a weird way to end that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, a killer move. Don't get me wrong, you know, but I think it's kind of odd also that the only limbs that he winds up chopping off are his organic ones. Yeah. He keeps his, you know, artificial arm. And I've thought about that. How does one swipe of the lightsaber take off an arm and two legs? Yeah. It's it's explained a little bit more. Okay. It's than, just it's in, it's a weird know, thing. But it's a it's sort of like a twirling down okay. down and back up. You know, so he he goes down one arm, back up to get the legs. It's 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 just a, you know, it's just like a swoosh. I guess. But it's just it's kind of like a weird end to a nice fight. I mean, it was yeah. kind of it really was. Now, what is your view on uh, on little B A Yoda walking in and knocking the guards down and having his throw down with uh, with Palpatine in the Senate? I think this is one of the few outright mistakes in the movie. I didn't like it. Yeah. I thought I thought the CGI was not awesome looking. I feel like they've got a better idea of how Yoda should move in a fight mm-hmm. than in Attack of the Clones. I think his I think Yoda's movements were better, but the fight was unnecessarily. I don't think we it. Let's just destroy the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I. I mean. I sort of had to make my peace with Yoda being, you know, in all these action scenes. But then the Emperor, mm-hmm. lightsaber fighting, and I was like, right. ah, I don't know. It's just, it was weird, and I just, I think it was a mistake. Yeah. 
Now, one thing I did like when um, they go, when Yoda and Obi-Wan go to the temple uh, to reset the beacon. I did like that. Instead of come here, run and hide is, is what they reset it to. And uh, when they're taking out the clones on the way in, I love, 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 love Yoda throwing his lightsaber. And it going through the guy up to the hilt. And he leans back and Yoda jumps on him and pulls it out. Yeah, that was cool. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. I mean, that's savage. Yeah. That's savage. And I just think the, the worst part of the Yoda um, uh, Palpatine fight is the way it ends. Yeah. Yoda gets knocked down and just gives up. And just like, I need to get And out slinks of, away. I need to get out of Dodge. I mean, it's not much sadder than Yoda defeated. I mean, <laughs> it was just, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah, talk about picking on someone your own size. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now we did skip one of, the, one of the lines that should never be uttered by any human ever. Um, Padme is talking, this is very early in this section of the movie, Padme tells Anakin that uh, I'll be okay. 3PO will take care of me. You don't need to be putting your hope in 3PO. In 3PO. <laughs> those, are just, those are just words that should never be uttered by anyone ever. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Probably not want to put your balls in that. Court. Yeah, and if and if my yeah. my you know woman I was sacrificing everything for was like saying, "Well, 3PO will take care of me," I'm like, "We're gonna come up with a plan B before I leave." Right. We're not we're not putting all of our eggs in that basket. But then we get yeah. to the so we you know Anakin's had all you know the rest of his limbs chopped off. Um, and the Emperor comes and saves him, and he just has his Darth Vader suit laying around ready for him. Uh, I don't know how he had that. And how sanitary did they clean him up before they put him they in They didn't take suit. all the burned clothes off. I mean, yeah, uh, they probably should have, uh, you know, uh, debrittled those wounds a bit more. Yeah, and uh, and that, that scene, this guy's got some, there's part of it I like, seeing him kind of stagger out. You know, he's not yet, you know, the menacing Darth Vader. Yeah. He's still he's kind still of... still figuring it out. He you know, didn't know how these new legs work. And, and then... You can't blame Hayden Christensen for this scene. He's not doing the voice anymore. This is not well, James before, Earl Jones' best work. Before you go there... Okay. Before you go there, the look of horror on his face as the mask oh, no, that was good. comes to seal. That really was like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's realizing the cost. And that may be his best acting. Yeah. That, that probably brought his, in my opinion, of his acting up a notch. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, but this is not James Earl Jones' best vocal work. Not, none of it. Yeah. And then the no at the end yeah. it's just grown worthy man it's you can just kind of cringe and you kind of you, i kind of feel embarrassed for james Earl jones that he had to do that i get yeah. you know paychecks need to be cleared and all that jazz but yeah the uh yeah the, there was not the best direction there. yeah yeah just just was not the best direction and even the exchange yeah between him and and uh, palpatine you know what what happened to padme oh you, you know and uh, it's like okay guys you can you can do better than this. It's it's a weak scene. <laughs> yeah, you can do better. Than this. And then you have uh, you know the um, the the birth yeah. of our new hope. Medicine's yeah. weird in the in the distant past, future, or whatever it is. The and uh, wherever this is, long you know, long a long ago time ago, away, galaxy far far away. Yeah. yeah, medicine was weird. It's the future past. The future past. It's yeah. weird, man. I mean, they didn't know there were twins in there. I mean, they didn't notice she was pregnant, and 
you know, I've been present for a couple of deliveries. I don't think that's quite how it goes. Not quite, yeah. Yeah, there's some weird stuff going on there. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some things happening that I'm really not sure they, uh, <laughs> I guess the University of Phoenix medical degree <laughs> may have uh, may have come to play there. And um, I mean, I've heard some like some theories about like that she didn't die of a broken heart, that she didn't, you know, it wasn't. Well, because... the the robot said it specifically. Yeah. She's lost the will to live. I think it's what Lu- Lucas is telling us what is going on there. I know some fan theories have tried to clear it up, yeah, make it a little easier to buy. But really, you have this strong, established warrior woman. Yeah. Through all of these movies, and then she's going to die of a broken heart. Well, you you would think I don't know two newborns would be pretty would, pretty good reason to live. Kind of make me want to pick up and carry on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's I mean she, I mean Padme didn't have much to do in this movie. Yeah. You know, because she was, you know, ready to give birth for most of this movie. I mean, you're not going to be a lot of action scenes when you're nine months pregnant. Right. Um, but, I mean, you remember in Attack of the Clones, all the stuff she was doing. I mean, mm-hmm. she was saving the day. She was she the was one kicking butt. leading them off to go to the gladiator planet or whatever. You know, and you speak, you, we spoke of Attack of the Clones a couple of times. There's one thing that I've completely missed, and it was kind of early on in our discussion. But, you know, you had Padme get the ripped shirt yeah. in Attack of the Clones. Well, I mean, you have shirtless Anakin. <laughs> in early on in this movie, so he's not quite being Swolo, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have another uh, shirtless Sith later. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, and that but that that scene's kind of cringeworthy too. I mean, it's kind yeah. of like a sort of like a bummer way to end this movie. You've got right. the weird scene with you know Darth Vader and the Emperor, and you've got this kind of like, oh, yeah. she's dying of a broken heart. And, really, and like, is this a fairy tale or Star Wars? Yeah, and you're already knowing that this is the end of this. Yeah. of this you know series of movies you know that this is the wrap up for star wars for quite a while you know and like i said yeah. we thought forever it may, yeah maybe this might be the last you know star and so it really ends on a downer yeah yeah with with all of this you know stuff and then you have the uh you know the adoption of the of the twins you have padme's funeral you have uh, you know bell or god saying you know well we've thought about you know always adopting a daughter so we'll take leia and i think those weren't both boys <laughs> yeah, no, they'd have both wound up on. Hey, nobody would end up an Alderaan. Luke and Duke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it would have been Bowen, Bowen Luke. That would have been an awesome land speeder. That would have been an awesome land speeder. <laughs> when they jumped the when they jumped the canyon to get away from uh, get away from Boss Hog. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, yeah, good thing they both weren't boys. But the the um, I felt like that 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 the last scene there on Tatooine was was pretty I mean emotionally powerful. Yeah, I felt like Lucas stuck the landing on that one. Yeah, and and I love that they're standing on the little knoll, you know, the little yeah. uh, bump in the sand where where Luke you know observes the twin sons. I, th- I feel like that part of the the ending landed. Yeah, it really. It was solid. Yeah, that was one of the one of the high points to leave us out on. Yeah. You know, for everything else being so down, you're like, "Oh, here's where it all starts over." Which it was going to be a bummer of a movie cuz the heroes turning into Darth Vader. But I just felt like there were some some of the weakest parts of the movies were right were, was right at the end. Right at the end. Yeah. It just, really was. Yeah. Yeah, and when you're trying to wrap up so many little story threads and tuck everything away nicely, yeah, it, it kind of happens. And there so, just wasn't enough time to breathe at the end to really have a, kind of a satisfying resolution because we'd had to pack so much story into this movie. Yeah, a ton, a ton yeah. of story into this movie. So, Jamie, let's take a quick break, and uh, then we'll come back with some rewards.
welcome back to the show. And we've reached the portion of the show where we talk about our awards. So the first award we want to give out this time is Best Performance. And there's a right answer here, Dwayne. Okay, there is a right answer, Jamie. I may or may not get it. But I'm going to go maybe not a conventional way that you would think. But I'm going to look at maybe the most improved performance. I'm going to go for Hayden Christensen. He had to cover a lot of ground in this movie, and his he really did improve uh, his his performance from Attack of the Clones, um, and especially like I spoke on in our last segment, you know, when he's getting in the Vader yeah. costume. I mean, it is really you can see the terror. That's some powerful face and, and the horror on his face, you yeah. know. And so I'm I'm going to to go with the uh, with Hayden Christensen. That's now, a good answer. Uh, no, that's a good what is the right answer? Well, I want, I want to give you some, some, some props there. That was a good answer. Hayden is very improved in this yeah. movie. And I think overall he does a good job in this movie. So that was a good answer. The right answer is Ewan McGregor. As always. Um, he is fabulous in this movie. Yeah. I mean, every scene is perfect. Every facial expression. I mean, you may as well go three for three. Yeah. He really is. I, I, I think I went, I, I swerved on Phantom Menace and gave it to Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. But that was out of, I think, a little bit of guilt for you know saying he'd been bad for years in Phantom Menace. And on a, yeah. my rewatch, I discovered that uh, I was being me. He was really good. Yeah, he was actually good in that movie. But yeah, Ewan McGregor is the right answer in this one. Yeah. Uh, he just, he sells it. And he's so clearly having the most fun on set. And he has really bought into Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and just taken over the role. Oh yeah, completely. All right, so for our next award, and I'm torn here. I haven't co- completely decided. I've got I've got two candidates. I haven't decided, but this award is best action scene. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go for the opening space battle. Thank you. That was one of my two options. I can yeah. I can give it the other one now. Okay, so you can go for the other <laughs> one. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, the opening space battle. I know we gushed about it at the beginning, but I mean, really. They threw everything at this, and it looks gorgeous. The scale is phenomenal. It's it's my favorite space battle in all of Star Wars. Yeah, it's good. Um, but my but my other option I couldn't decide on. I'm, I, I get to go with now because you took the space battle okay. off my hands. Well, I'm glad I can help you out there. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, the lightsaber fight you thought went on too long. Okay. I really enjoyed that. The choreography was great. The emotional stuff, the the interaction between Anakin and Obi Wan, but during those scenes, I just felt like that was a really powerful scene and very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's well acted. It's well choreographed. I just felt it went on a little bit too long. But I mean, as far as action scenes go, I mean, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. And we all know I can rank everything. Um, this is my third favorite lightsaber battle uh-huh. in all of Star Wars. Okay. It's number three. Okay, no, number three. Uh, number one is uh, is actually um, the uh, the fight in the throne room after Snoke is dead with Kylo Ren and Rey fighting all of the guys in the <sighs> robes. Okay. And then number two, just a smidge behind, is the, the Darth Maul fight in Phantom Menace. You're wrong on both counts. Am I really? Yes. Okay. Okay. But we'll we'll talk we'll, about we'll, we'll talk about that. We've another, got a lot of Star Wars to cover. Talk about that another day. All right. So our, just to let you know, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious now. All right. Um. So our third award is kind of a one of our D awards. 
Um, it's a demerit. Um, it's the low moment of the movie. Yes. And this movie's got some flaws. This movie has some flaws, Jamie, but I'm going to jump on here and probably, I feel I'm going to take the correct answer, is the interaction with uh, Anakin and Padme in the bedroom and on the balcony at the very beginning when when uh, he's trying to woo her and says, you know, and she's, she's brushing her hair. She says, what's... What's wrong? And he's like, oh, you're so beautiful. I love you. She says, the love has made you blind. Like, oh, you know, and then, yeah, that's 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 where I'm going with the love. Yeah, moments. we're pretty much yeah. back on the boo. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you're, it's that bad. You're, you're, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one's pretty painful. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm uncomfortable just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he really was. I wish you could have seen his body you know, language. kind of cringe in there. <laughs> but uh, I've got a different one. Um, I just, I... I hated that he his turn to the dark side got turned into a fast-forward turn to yeah, the dark side. This is true. I mean, he goes from turning in Palpatine to fighting off Mace Windu for him, letting him throw him out the window, kneeling on the floor, and going to kill a bunch of kids in like five minutes. It's like when you hit the <laughs> the speed button on your iPod player, on yeah. your podcast player, and you like accidentally bump it up to 1.5 speed. Yeah, it feels that way. It's like this should have taken like an hour of the movie, and so we're taking five minutes. Yes. It's just too fast. It's too much. And I feel like it kind of takes some of the power out of it. Mm-hmm. Some of the emotional weight that should have been there. It just, it all happens too fast. And that's. So really it's not the scene itself. It's just the pacing of the scene. Yeah. Because the scene, I mean, even though it's kind of rushed, is well, yeah, this part, still pretty, it's too fast. pretty powerful scene. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I like the bits of it. I just wish there was more of it, more of it and more in between the moments. Yeah. Um, cause I mean like the, him crying when he's killing the young ones, that's a powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah. Him kneeling before. And like you said, you really didn't notice it. Yeah. How many years? Long years. I mean, yeah. And, um, so there's a lot, there's lots of good stuff there. It's just too fast. The pacing mm-hmm. is the problem. They're not the scene. The scenes that are filmed aren't the problem. The scenes that didn't get filmed in between there are the, the problem. problem. Okay. That's the low moment. So it's your pacing in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jamie, we've got our awards out of the way, but we've we've really missed where all universes thread together, <laughs> where everything comes to a nexus. I mean, where is our dark tower, our dark hero, our dark handsome man, Keanu? Well, he's apparently the center of the force. All the all the force leads to all the Keanu. force leads to Keanu. Um, I've got a really good Keanu connection. I'm kind of proud of this one. Okay. So you mentioned him earlier. One of, one of the little small supporting roles in this movie is a, mm. is played by Bruce Spence. Yes. Bruce Spence is most famous for playing uh, Jedediah, the quirky gyro pilot in Mad Max Mad Beyond Max. Thunderdome. Uh, he's had a lot of small roles in other movies as well. It's a pretty interesting IMDb page. Oh, if you I go bet. look at it. Yeah. Um, he's also the mouth of Sauron mm-hmm. in Return of the King. And in our movie, this time, he's playing Tion Medon, the toothy ambassador on Utapau. He's the guy with the crazy teeth. Apparently, yeah. he's got a thing with teeth. Um, because a very I mean, He has a very distinct mouth. Yeah, but I mean, like the mouth of Sauron, they've exaggerated that. And on Utapau, in this movie, they've exaggerated that. Um, he's the guy that warns Obi-Wan that uh, Grievous and the clones are there. That, that's who he is in this movie. But in 2003... Mr. Spence played the train man in Matrix Revolutions. He did. With our beloved Keanu. He did. Our, yes. And that oh. is this episode's Keanu Connection. I had forgotten all about that character. Yep. 
and he is when you see Bruce Spence in these movies, he's always that odd. Yeah. Off he's quirky. Kind of off character, yeah. 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 So well that yeah, and he does have a very interesting IMDB. I've I've uh, perused it from time to time. He really does have a very interesting IMDB. Yeah, he really does. Okay, Jamie. Well that's that now we know how all things connect. In <laughs> All things are connected in the force. Alrighty, um, are keeping it 100. I know you said you had a pretty good one that wouldn't take you very long. I've got a quick one. I can't. I can't give away too much, or you can't watch the movie. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll start because mine probably will take slightly longer than yours. Okay. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and get me started on a timer and go. A few years ago, a movie came out called The Lego Movie. I watched it. I really didn't like it the first time. Kids loved it. Watched it again. Eh, okay, I see where they're going here. Here recently, the Lego Movie 2, the second part, has come out. We uh, we went to the movies, splurged and watched it. I'm telling you, it's a really fun ride. I'm not sure which I like better. So I'm going to recommend Lego Movie 1. And Lego Movie 2, even if you're an adult, even if you're too cool for this kind of stuff, you need to check it out. It's a lot of fun, and they really take some broad leaps with where they can take a story and how it can work out. And that'll be my Keeping It 100. I haven't seen it yet. I'm very intrigued, though. I re- I'm, I had the opposite reaction to Lego Movie. I loved it from the first second. Yeah, it really took me some time to yeah. understand what they were getting. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, and ready, set, go. Okay, um, so over the last few years, I've fallen in love with an actor named Michael Pena. Um, yes. I love him at everything he's in. Um, he's hilarious in everything he does, even in small roles like The Martian. Love Michael Pena. Um, he stole Ant-Man. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely stole that movie from Paul Rudd. Um, he stars in a movie on Netflix, a Netflix original called Ex- Extinction. It looks like this fun alien invasion movie. It is that, kind of. Okay. It's smarter than that. It's a really twisty movie. There's lots of twists and turns in it. I can't tell you anything about it. It'll ruin the movie. It's a Michael Pena movie where he is not funny, but he's still really? good in the movie. He's serious all the way through. Okay. He's still good in it, and it's a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Extinction. Extinction. Great. I'll have to check that out. Um, I, I do love me some Michael Pena, and um, I went by my uh, in-law's house today. And speaking of Michael Pena, uh, who, who was on the screen, Michael Pena in um, a movie uh, – Called Fury. Hmm. I know he was in that. A Brad Pitt movie about a a, a, a crew of tank. Yeah, I remember a, the trailer for the movie. I haven't seen it. He's the driver. I didn't know he was in of that. the tank, and uh, he's not funny. Hmm. Uh, I didn't watch all of the movie. Um, after seeing the f- probably 15 minutes that I did, I really want to watch the movie now. Um, but uh, he's not funny in that movie either. Wow. Pretty intense. Because some some Pretty actors some actors movie. are just they're funny people yeah and they're not really that good of actors I mean yeah. 
He's I thought that was some, Bill Murray for a long he's time. He's got some range. Yeah. Yeah. Pena's not just a funny guy. Yeah. He's a really good actor. And I mean, and it, but he can so plot the funny. Yeah. And but now this this is probably the only dramatic role I've seen in him, and it took me a moment to realize that's yeah that yep that's him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he plays the driver of this tank. And uh, this will kind of be a bonus keeping at 100, I guess. Uh, the the premise of the movie, uh, World War II is wrapping down. So you've got these guys in the field having to go and do these cleanup work with the Nazis. And they're, and they're always tank crews coming through. And they've, you can tell they have seen some hard times. And the tank has seen some hard times. So they are on the edge. And they are dealing with some stuff. And it's pretty intense. Oh. Yeah, it looks it looks fun for the for the little bit that I've seen. It looks like a pretty intense ride, and I'm I'm interested to check the rest of it out. All right, well that's the uh, that's the episode for this uh, this time out. Okay. Um, I know we took a long time. Well, hey, but we had when, fun with it. When you have you know quality pop culture. And two very windy guys talking about it. <laughs> I guess you know you're gonna you're gonna get there, Jamie. Why don't you uh, tell people where they can uh, get a hold of us at and maybe suggest a quest, much like our next quest. Well, on our which our, will be um, our next quest is our very first listener recommendation. It's Tombstone, and um, I don't think we can do a non-spoiler section on tombstone everybody's seen it it's just just ubiquitous everybody knows the lines from tombstone yeah we can if people can carry on whole conversations in tombstone quotes um but it was our first listener request and it was a good one um so i'm, I'm pumped we're doing tombstone next so our, our next review episode will be tombstone um but we're also we're doing the new shows now and so um you know you can send those to us at our email address on roundtablenerds at gmail.com. You can send in um, review suggestions or news items you'd like us to uh, discuss. Okay. Um, our primary th- place where we're interacting with listeners right now is on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook has been been a great place to interact. It's, it's seeing a, a bit of traffic, so you check us out at Facebook on Nerds of the Roundtable. It is Nerds with a K. And what's our Instagram again? Instagram, um, I've updated it. Should be able to find it as Nerds of the Roundtable Podcast, wow. and that is Nerds with a K. I'm trying to uh, get a little bit more visibility on there. I was talking to a listener, uh, saying they were having a little bit of trouble locating mm-hmm. our social media, so trying to help out there. And um, you know, we'll, we'll post when the new episodes are getting ready to drop. I normally throw out something on the Friday previous to our episodes dropping on Monday, and then the Monday that drops. And we've also been throwing out some little uh, bits and bobs uh, here and there as well. So. And we've got some funny listeners who post some funny stuff. Oh yeah, we've page. yeah we've we're having we're here for a laugh and a good time, folks. Well, uh, so, well, thanks for listening. It was great to have you with us. And uh, Jamie, I don't have a funny line this time. Dwayne, you're taking me. You're breaking my heart. Are you saying love has made you blind? <laughs>